All right, my name is Tracy. I am one of the pastors down in San Diego at North Coast Church. It's just a privilege to be here with you. Um, and uh, let's get started. We're going to talk about I Love My Man. Do you have a note sheet? I Everybody have a note sheet? It's only like five sentences. So if you're at, if we're out and you don't have one, I promise you're not missing a ton. I'm just an, I'm a note taker, so I always like to have something. But I'll make sure you know what uh, what the lines are for that. So here's what I want to start with today is, again, this is one of the most significant relationships you are going to have on this planet. I am not a marriage counselor. So I am not here to give you counseling advice, but I would strongly encourage you to consider that if you are hearing some of the things that I am saying today and you're just thinking, oh, sister, you just don't have any idea what really is going on in our relationship and in our home, I highly encourage you to go seek out wise counsel. That is, God puts those people in our life and in our churches uh, for a reason, to use their gifting and their skill set. So I, I just want to encourage you to consider that. Everyone has their own story. And so I'm going to say generalities. I'm going to talk about the scripture, but I'm also going to talk about a particular book that there is research from. It is a generality. Every time that I talk about this, I have some, at least one that comes up and says, I'm exactly opposite of what you said. Now, what do I do? So just know, that I recognize that, but we're going to talk in generalities because it's a group of us today. Also, I want you to recognize, are there men in this room? No, this is a woman's conference. So there are a lot of things that I could say to men. There are a lot of things that I want to say to men. How about you? Right? But we're not with men. So today we're going to talk about ourselves. Today I'm going to ask you to not let the enemy tap you on the shoulder and say, yeah, but if he didn't do this, you wouldn't feel this. Or yes, if he would do this, then you could do that. That's not what this is about today. This today is about us. So will you commit to give me about 45 minutes where you are going to evaluate yourself and we're going to ask God to evaluate ourselves and to really use uh, this time to spark in us. The very last question that I'm going to ask you is what is God asking of you today? So I expect it that every single one of us will have something that God wants us to work on as women as wives or somebody who is getting ready to get married. Oh, if I would have heard something like this 35 years ago, we would have at least been off on a better foot. So I encourage you to look at ourselves. Don't be thinking about, don't be thinking about uh, him. <laughs> I mean, think about him, but don't think about him, right? I mean, okay. So the first line is you want to, we're going to learn the way our man wants to be loved. Today, I want to reignite warm, passionate, empathetic feelings for you towards your man. And I want to go back to what Tiana said to us this last night, is before you were a woman, before you were married, 
you were a young girl who had all kinds of dreams about what married life would look like, didn't you? I did. And before you were a woman and a wife, you were a fiance that had all these dreamy thoughts about your man and about what married life would be and how exciting it would be and how fun and how amazing he is. And then we became women and we became wives and many of us became moms with children hanging on us and needing us and people needing us and jobs and bills and all of that. And we've forgotten what it was like before we were a woman. So I want to take what Tiana asked us to do last night and to go back. We're going to ask the Lord to kind of bring us back to that place where we were before. So God gave us these men And what I want us to start with is in 1 John 4, 7 and 8, it says that God is love and that we are to actually love others, including our man, by his love. But I just want to say today, it's out of our love for God that should overflow out into this relationship. So it's not about whether we want to love our man. It is a call, once we have made that commitment to him, that God is saying, now I want you to let my love flow out of you onto this man. So he gave us these men to be our close, to be his closest confidant, to be his greatest cheerleader, to dream with him, to grow old with him, to show mercy to him and grace, to offer forgiveness, and to love him. So here's what I want to ask you. We want our men to walk around thinking And knowing in his heart that his wife thinks that he is it. He is it. We want him to walk around knowing that his wife has total confidence in him and his abilities. We want him to walk around knowing his wife thinks he is very intelligent and capable. We want him to walk around knowing he's humorous and really fun to be around. Knowing that his wife understands how hard he works for the family. Knowing that his wife has eyes only for him. Knowing his wife is secure in their home. And knowing that his wife is attracted to them. And that he does it for her. So already I want you to just start thinking, huh, is that how my husband walks out the door? Is that what he thinks when I walk in? Is that what he thinks as we're getting ready to approach a topic, a subject, or when I leave the house? Is that how he thinks about that? So we're going to talk about how do we get him to think this way? First of all, we want to learn how our man receives love. So you've got a fill in the blank there that says, I should love my man intentionally in his love language, not mine. Our job is to be a student 
of our man. Do you remember when you were dating? Do you remember when you were a young woman? Do you remember when you were a fiance? You knew everything about him. (laughs) You knew what he loved. And even if you didn't love it, you would do it anyway because it made him happy. You knew what he liked, what he didn't like. You would go places just because you want to just be in his presence. We are still to be these ongoing students of our men. Because how many of you have changed in the last, let's say, 10 years? And kind of what you like to do, what you, right? So has he. So we have to be this ongoing student of our men. And then change the way we love based on how he is wired. That's what we're going to talk about today. A lot is he is wired. How many of you feel like you have married an opposite? You know, opposites attract, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden we thought it was all so great until we live with the person. And then we're like, this is ridiculous. I, you know, it's like, those are the things, the things that attracted you are the things that make you crazy now, right? Yes, we still have to love them in that. And so how many of you are familiar with the five love languages? Okay, so most of us have heard about it. And it's just this concept that we typically, without information and knowledge, we will love people, but we're talking about our man today, based on how we like to be loved. So I like... Let's say I like gifts. They're not my, that's not my love language, but let's say that. So then I would love somebody with gifts. But really, the selfish lover, the selfish, the selfless, sorry, the selfless lover will go, huh, what is it that they need? What is it that actually makes them feel loved? So that's the concept of the five love languages. I would encourage any of you who have not done it to get on, there's fivelovelanguages.com for reals, and you can just take the little assessment. And if your husband would be willing, I would ask them to do that as well. Because oftentimes you'll think you know what someone's love language is, and you are off. So I would encourage you to do that, to find that out. And so to become aware of it. So there's quality time, there's gifts, there's physical touch, there's words of affirmation, and there's acts of service. And so in Romans 12, it tells us that we are to love each other or give to each other above ourselves. Because see, we would really want to say, well, he never does anything for me that makes me feel loved. Yeah, see, that doesn't really matter because God's calling us to put our man above what our desires and our wants are. Now, we're not to be doormats. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But the, I can't, the idea, the heart is, God, I want to love him well. And so you wired him. Help me understand how he is wired and how he receives love. Because as you're going to learn, our men operate so much differently when they are feeling respected and loved by us and by us not by the world. So I just want to say, um, for like physical touch. So we're going to talk a little bit more about intimacy in a little bit, but some of you are thinking like, okay, I touch him and he's just going to want sex. So I'm not doing that. I don't care if his is physical touch. Like, but Or physical touch means intimacy all the time. And that is not true. There is such powerful power, 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 power in just holding a hand or just a reach out in the kitchen 
or as you're walking in a room, what does it mean when somebody holds your hand? Like when my husband reaches for my hand, that means I belong. I belong to you. I'm, I'm proud to be walking in with you. I, you are secure. Sometimes as we're walking, my husband will hold my hand so that he can guide and help. He's one of those that walks on the outside for protection. He's, so it's like the holding of the hand is so powerful. How long has it been since you have just held hands? Sitting at home, watching a movie, just the reach out. I notice you. I notice you because if we're in our busy lives, they feel very, very unnoticed over time because we're so busy and we're so about what we feel like is so important in our kids and our jobs and other people in our life that God's put in. And those are all so important. But how long has it been since your husband is like, oh my gosh, she notices me. She knows I'm in the room. Are you a noticer? Are you loving him intentionally in the way that God has has wired him? Words of affirmation. If you're somebody who doesn't really need that, sometimes that feels very fake and conjured up. Okay. Okay. Fake it until you make it. Like, okay, God, I know that he needs, I know that he needs to hear you are amazing. You're thinking, okay, I've said this a million times. I don't need to say he's amazing. Yes, you do. Because words of affirmation are what make him feel loved and noticed. So again, it may feel weird. Like I have never said, I've been married 20 years and I have never said anything like that. I'm not about to. Okay, God's calling you to change what's comfortable perhaps today. Not what's comfortable for God in my weakness. This feels so weird and cheesy. I don't want to do it in my weakness. God, I'm going to count. I expect you to be my strength and you're going to give me the words I need. You know what my man needs more than I do. So just be careful that we are loving in a way we're serving. It's an act of service, really, isn't it? When we put ourselves aside, and Jesus is the one who gave us the model of literally serving others. So that's what we're, gonna, we're talking about today is serving our men well. Another way that we can get our husbands to know that they do it for us and that they are noticed and they are loved is that we respect my man. That's another line on your notes. Respect my man. Now, part of what I'm going to talk about is out of a book called For Women Only by Shante Feldham. Have you heard of her? Anybody? So it's a, it's a great book. It is not a Christian book per se. She is a believer, but it's really based on research that she has done over the years. And what she did is she, um, she has surveyed thousands and thousands of men, different ages, different religious beliefs, different stages in life. And she has just collected information and written it in a way that shares with women how their men are wired, why they act and behave the way they do, and how our response to that means everything to them. So it's, it's just a, it's a wonderful book that helps guide us in understanding our men a little bit better. Because I have to say... <laughs> 
I had no idea what I was doing when I got married. Zero. I thought I did. I watched my mom and my dad, but I just, I had really no idea. I had no idea how he was wired. And so this has helped me tremendously. So one of the biggest questions that she asks across all of these thousands of men is if you had to choose to feel unloved and alone or inadequate and disrespected, which would you choose? And three out of four men said they would rather feel unloved and alone instead of disrespected. But what was really interesting is that they they said a lot of the men pointed out what they felt the question was so hard to answer in a sense because those go hand in hand to them. That love and respect, they equate love and respect to be the same. So you have to get in this mindset that that's how your man is wired, that he feels loved. We were just talking about how he feels loved by us respecting him. And ladies, this is no, this is not new. In Ephesians 4, God knew that this was going to be something that we were not going to do naturally. And he knew that our men were not going to just love easily and naturally. So he puts in Ephesians 4, 522, wives, submit yourself to your own husband as you do to the Lord. Verse 33, however, each one of you must also love his wife and he love himself as he loves himself. The wife must respect her husband. Now, Do you hear that? So God knew, like our, I mean, we tend to be emotionally driven. Again, a generality about women. Some of you may not be wired like that, but most are. And God knew that men aren't. And so they needed to be reminded in the scriptures, you've got to love your wife. And then they knew, he knew that we were not wired necessarily for the respect aspect. So he's reminding us, you have to respect your husband. It is a biblical principle. Do you notice that there is zero condition on that? He doesn't say, now, honey, if he's kind to you and he does what you want and he he is great with the kids and he, he there's no condition so we can't say well i would respect him if he would act respectable i would respect him if he would do x cuz that's what the enemy wants us to believe the enemy wants us to think all of these things that he has done and that he doesn't deserve respect And that's not what the Bible is saying to us. There is not a condition from our love of God will flow out of us this respect that really has nothing to do with him, but it has everything to do with being obedient to the Lord. See, he's calling us to obedience today, to his word and to the man that we gave covenant to and that we said we would love no matter what. We didn't know, we didn't know, we didn't know what we were saying that day, did we? Right? We thought we had it all figured out. It was going to be so easy. It's the hardest thing we'll do. But the most rewarding and amazing thing that we will do, and the gift that we have in our hands, if we will cherish it and be obedient to the Lord. So how do we respect our men? The first one is in the way we speak to him. Do we speak to him with respect? 
Proverbs 16, 24 says, kind words are sweeter than honey. So let's think about, ladies, the last, just, well, let's just say the last week. Have you spoken to your man with respect? Because we don't want to speak to them like they're our children. But we often do, don't we? It's like, get in line with the rest of the ducklings, honey. <laughs> I got it. You, have you ever heard women say, and you may have, and I probably have too. So this is not a judgment. It's like, yeah, I have four children. I have the three kids and I have this one right over here. Because that's how we get in this mode. It's like, it's how we think we're going to get things done. And we got to keep him in line just like everything else. And we talk to him like one of our kids. Because we've been talking to our kids maybe all day or to people at work in a particular manner. And then he comes through the door. Are we speaking to him like one of our children or with love and kindness? Is kindness on our tongue? We don't tell him what to do. In our home, we really do make a practice. Do we do it every time? No. But we make a practice of please and thank you to each other. And it's just the two of us now in our home. And I don't just say, hey, will you get that over there? Honey, would you please grab that for me? And then when he does, thanks. I mean, just, a, just this nicety that we would give anybody else on the planet. But somehow, as we've lived together, we've let those things go those pieces that are noticing. I'm noticing that you did me a favor and I have this heart of gratitude for you doing that. How long has it been since you have said a please and a thank you to the man in your life? It sounds so simple, but we let those things go over time, don't we? A please and a thank you shows respect. We don't criticize how he does things. Okay, so here I'm going to just tell you a little example of this. So for years, my husband has done the laundry because it was one thing that he was like, hey, babe, I can, ta I can take care of the laundry if you would like. I know you're busy. I know that's something you really hate. I hate laundry. And so he says, I'll take that from you. And so I said, oh, my gosh, thanks so much. And I didn't give it a lot of thought. So I didn't give instruction on it. And one day I noticed that he is pouring everything just into the big bin, you know. And, and my husband does it one way, hot and fast. So it's on hot temperature. And it's on the speedy cycle of whatever. And whites and blacks all go in together. Oh, no, I know, right? But here's what I want to tell you. If I would have started speaking to him like he was a little kid and he had no idea what he was doing and he was doing it wrong, how many days do you think he would have done laundry for me? Right, once. And ladies, I'm going to just tell you, those of us who are control freaks, and I like to control a lot in my life, let me tell you, over the years, do you know how many pieces of clothing he has ruined? One. One! You can put everything together in the bin. You're welcome. And you can run it on hot. But see, had I not just let it go, you know what? I'm going to just take it. I'm going to thank it. I'm going to be grateful that he is doing my laundry instead of criticizing and telling him how he's doing it wrong. 
Now, there are some things people always come up like, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about medication? Well, of course, we're going to talk about doing that correctly, right? So there are some things that we have to like, hey, can I help you? That's a better thing of like, hey, oh, don't do it that way. It's like, hey, can I help you with that? Or would you like, would you like for me to share how I normally do that? They're probably going to say no. But you could just ask that way instead of acting like they're children and they don't know what they're doing. That's how we show respect to our men. We also respect his judgments and abilities. There was also a part of the survey of am I enough? And hands down, the men in the survey said that when my wife acts like I'm an idiot, it affects everything in my life. So see, everybody in the planet can think he is it. At work, he's successful. In the neighborhood, he's got, he's the guy. But when you criticize and act like he doesn't have it together, it crushes his spirit. See, we think that our men, because they're wired the way they are, they don't have a lot of feelings. And that is, that is a lie of the enemy. There is so much emotionality in our men that we don't see frequently, but that God has created in him. And we, we affect it so greatly, ladies. If that has never dawned on you, that your husband, one, is emotional deep down inside, and two, that you are the one thing in this world that affects it more than anything else, there's your revelation for today. You. You matter. Your response matters. And here's what I would say for those of us who like, well, just for any of us, many of us like control. I like to be in control of things and yeah, tell people what to do. There's a Psalm that says, put a guard over my mouth, Lord, put a gate on my lips. There are days that I just have to I just have to look at him and in my mind, Lord, put a guard over my mouth because what I want to say is not kind. See, it's the filter where the enemy wants you to think that you have the right to just say it like it, what it is, say how you're feeling, say what, how he's not doing things right. And God's saying, let me, let me do the work. Put a guard over my lips, a, gate, a guard over my mouth, a gate over my lips. One of the things that, uh, one of the quotes that says, trust in my judgment on everyday items, have confidence in my general abilities of learning, application, fixing, rebuilding, repair, Lord help us, without having to do it your way because you know it and you think I do not. That was just a quote from one of the guys. And then it says that um, just showing more trust in my decision-making abilities changes everything. It changes everything. Who knew? Just you acting like you believe in him. Fake it until he proves you, and then you can believe. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like God is calling us to be cheerleaders of our men. Not let me show you how to do it. Our goal is to make our man feel loved and respected. Here's a question if you feel like you can handle the answer <laughs> this week is, honey, when, what are some things that I might do that make you feel disrespected? 
be ready for the answer. But if you really want to know and you really want to start this dialogue, and some of us have a lot more work, you're going to have to like mine it a little bit more. Hey, babe, I heard this whole thing about respect and it just opened my eyes. Be honest. Like I've never given thought about how, what it looks like to respect you. You don't have to say it quite like that. I mean, in time you can, but I mean, open the dialogue of yourself. Like I'm going to take ownership of this, but I need to know what is it that what is it that I do that make you, makes you feel disrespected? Or talking about how they feel loved. Hun, when I do, fill in the blank. When I do X, how do you feel? Does that make you feel loved? Ask them. It makes you a student of them. It makes them think, holy cow, she cares. She actually cares. She's wanting to know about me again, like when we were dating. How long's it been since we've acted like we're dating? So, so long. Another way that our man feels respected is it makes sure he feels desired and needed by you. This is another piece, ladies, that for our men, everybody on the planet can act like he is it. He is amazing. He is buff. He is good looking. He is great at his job. What a great dad you are. But if it doesn't come from us, it changes everything for our men. The survey said it hands down that your sexual desire for your man profoundly affects his sense of well-being and confidence in every area of his life. Now, some of you are sitting here and thinking, oh, Lord, because I don't like sex. I don't like it. I don't want, I'm tired. The kids are hanging on me. I'm busy. I've worked all day. I don't want to have to think about that. But God is saying, I'm asking you to lay yourself down, yourself, your flesh, and just say, God, if this is an area where I need to have you come in and do work in my own heart in this area. Because here's the truth. Some of us are not wired like that, especially as women. And there are lots of pieces. Again, I'm going to say one more time, lots of things that we may need counsel on. So I'm not talking about those things. Those are things that we have to have counsel and wise counsel help work us through some things, whether it's past wounds in the past, but I'm just talking in generalities here about our, our intimacy with our men and the profound, effect it has on everything else. And not just the idea of being intimate, although they would want to be intimate every single day, most men. Okay, so just get over it. It's a truth. But it also means the, the book was very clear on the research of being desired. So ladies, we can't just be like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do this. Because you know that what that tells him? Yeah, exactly. Just like that, girl. <laughs> but that just tells him that you have zero interest, that he doesn't do it for you, that you really don't care at all. And he's looking for us to desire. That is how God has wired our men is to be wanted by us. And some of you are thinking, that is so not my personality. Okay, girls, let me just tell you, that is so not my personality. It is the most 
awkward thing in my head, but the enemy wants me to stay in that. The enemy wants me to stay in like, well, you're just not wired like that. So you, you don't need to just reach out or be the initiator. Oh my gosh, women, if we could get the idea that just initiating intimacy or physical touch, what that can do for our men, because that immediately tells them they're desired. But it really is about from you. I'm going to share just a quick story from about my husband and myself early on. And so I will tell you, my husband was a pilot in the Marine Corps. Right? Yes. Yes. Do you know what we call men in flight suits? Gorgeous, hot eye candy. There are eye candy. I still, oh my gosh, I love to look at a picture of that man in his flight suit. But here's what happened. My husband has, uh, doesn't lack in confidence. And so as people would make a big fat deal about him being a pilot and in the Marine Corps and all these things that he would do, I literally would have these thoughts in my head. Well, he doesn't need me to tell him because if he gets, if I tell him too many more times, his head's not going to fit through the door. He is sure of himself. He does not need to hear from me how great he is. So that's what I truly believed. And then you tack on a teenager and a baby. And I'm so busy doing those things that I forget the eye candy that comes through the door every day. And I forget to act like it's a big fat deal that he is a pilot and that he is my man and that he does it for me because I'm so tired. (laughs) I'm so tired. I don't even know whether you walk in the door or not, right? Here's what happens. There's a lady in our neighborhood And she thought he was it. And she was very, very uh, communicative about this. Even when I was around, and every once in a while I'd kind of be like, hmm, that's kind of odd that she would say that in front of me, but okay, you know, and off I would go in my own world, in my own weariness, in my own, like, he's got this, he doesn't need to hear this from me. And one day he comes home and he says, we got to talk. Because what he what over here, she'd take me in two seconds. I was like, okay. And as we got to talking, I started realizing he wasn't kidding me. And as we got to talking, you know what he said to me? She says things to me that you haven't said to me in months. And he was right. She looks at me when I get out of the car like I am something. (laughs) You haven't looked at me like that probably a year. And he was right. See, the whole world could act like he is it. But he was looking for me to let him know that. He was looking to me to show him that I desired him and I needed him and I wanted him. And thank God... He spared, God spared us that he had the wherewithal to come and say to me, hey, you don't know what's close. (laughs) Thank God that he felt like he could come to me. Can your man come to you and say those hard things? 
And we had a lot of work to do because I had made a wedge for a while of just letting him know that he does it for me. I'm going to read a passage from the book. It says, from your man, sex is more than just a physical need. Lack of sex is as emotionally serious to him as, say, his sudden silence would be to you, where he just simply stop talking to you. Making love with you assures him that you find him desirable. It salves a deep sense of loneliness and gives him the strength and well-being necessary to face the world with confidence. See, did you have any idea? And of course, sex also makes him feel loved. In fact, he cannot feel completely loved without it. So fulfilling intimacy makes him feel loved and desired. It speaks to him that he's the only one in this planet. It, it is such a, a time where we both can be so vulnerable. And your man may not act vulnerable, but internally he is. And we have to realize what, how, the pull we have, the power we have. Ladies, we cannot use intimacy as a tool to get what we want, or to punish, or to withhold that in any way. That is not what God is calling us to. It makes him feel totally accepted and not judged. And a lack of intimacy breeds rejection. And trust me, there is someone else in this world that would love to fulfill that. So don't let the enemy get a foothold there. One of the things that I will say, too, is that we have, over time, made a practice of, as well, as um, just this, okay, so I said to you that, like, just words of affirmation, kind of like cheesiness, what feels like cheesiness to me is not my go-to. It doesn't make me feel comfortable. You know what has been so good? It's texting. So like when I'm at work and I think about him, I will text him something that actually might feel a little weird to me to say like face to face, like, hey, want to come home early? Want to meet me in the afternoon? I've been thinking about you. Your man gets that. Oh, girls. It changes his whole day. He's a better employee. He's a better friend. He's because he is, he's like, oh my gosh, she's thinking about me. She's, no, she's thinking about me. She can't wait for me to get home. And then we send, we will send each other messages or the next day we might say, hey, thanks. That was good. Just again, it's this gratitude it's this gratitude instead of begrudging what it is that really we're not looking for necessarily, but I promise you it will do, it will go miles and miles and miles in making him feel noticed and loved and studied and thought of and desired, which is what God is asking of us. So what I'm going to ask you to do today 
is we're going to ask ourselves a couple of questions. So on your note sheet, it says, ask yourself, what's it like? So I want you to fill this in. What's it like living on the other side of me? And I want you to ask the Lord, not yourself, because you're going to be pretty, you're going to be pretty awesome. Or you're going to be pretty soft with yourself. I'm amazing. (laughs) But really asking the Lord, Lord, what is it like to come home to me? Lord, what is it like when he has to bring you maybe not such great news? What's it like when he walks in the door? Do you greet him like when you were dating? (laughs) How long has it been since when he walks in the door, you act like the king himself has walked in? The gift, a gift has just walked in the door. How do you greet your friends? Do you greet him like that? So what's it like to live on the other side of me? I'm going to take one of Tiana's lines. What's your posture? Is your posture this? Even kind of to what God is saying to you today? Is it kind of like this? Or is it this posture of surrender? And this posture of Lord, whatever it takes of this posture of I am willing to surrender myself and my thoughts of what I thought marriage was going to look like or what I thought it was going to be like or what I want right now. And I'm going to do the work that you're calling me to do to love my man in a way that he feels loved and respected because it's out of obedience to my love for God. His love is patient. His love is kind. His love is doesn't seek It's not envious, doesn't keep a record of wrong. Like how many of us are living in that realm, the opposite of that. And God is saying, no, take my love upon you, take my yoke upon you and let it flow out from you. But what's our posture? It's all about me. It's all about me. I haven't felt loved. I don't do, he doesn't do this. Remember we said we're going to put the enemy over here and tell him he doesn't have any right to those thoughts right now. It's about what is my job? What has God called me to do as a godly wife? And some of you in this room, I guarantee you, your husband is not a believer. And there is not a condition to what God is calling us to do as women who live for him in loving our men. Man, it feels heavy, doesn't it? That's a high call. But God says... He will never leave us in our weakness. He will give us strength. And I've got, when, when your husband, when you hear the garage door open and you're thinking, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't act like I care that he's walking in the door. Or I don't, I don't want to act like it's a big fat party. Or I don't want to tell him how great he is. All you have to do is stop and say, Lord, I need you. When he starts to approach you for intimacy and you're thinking, I want nothing to do with this. If you say, Lord, I need you. Help me love him well. God invented intimacy in sex, people. He loves it. It's one of the best gifts he can give us that keeps us connected to each other and to him. He wants nothing more for that to be a thriving part of our marriage. So when you say, God, I need you. I need you in the middle of this. He will show up and that's not weird. He wants to be 
whatever you need him to be, the strength to do, whatever the call is, Lord, I need you. How many of you need him to be a part of your marriage relationship right now? I truly believe, I, some of you didn't hear this, but as I, w- I was awake in the middle of the night, my heart was heavy for those of us in this room today because some of us feel like this is so, it, it, there, it, there's no hope for it. And what I can tell you is there, God is in the business of bringing life to dead things. He's in the business of bringing life to dead things. So if you're sitting here thinking, my marriage is dead, there is not hope. I can tell you that is a lie. That is not true. And God would love nothing more than to resurrect and redeem and restore a broken marriage. We are broken people. And all he wants is for us to be used by him and to be willing to say, I will do the work And I will love you enough, God, to be obedient to what you have called me to do to love this man. That's all he's asking of us. So what's your posture? Is your posture this kneeling into surrender today of like, I'll do whatever it is. God, I never looked at marriage like this. I never looked at my man like this. So now I'm going to take these things and I'm going to put them into action when I get home. So what is God asking of me today? So I'm going to pray for us and give us just a minute here to just ask him. Let's just sit with the Lord for a moment. Just ask the Lord, what is it, God, that you're asking of me today? How can I love my man in a way? So, Father, we give you. We give you our very lives, Lord. We give you all the things that we feel like we have not done well, perhaps. We give you all the things that we feel like we, in in our pride and in our flesh, we want to give a yeah, but to. We give our very lives to love and respect our men in a way that honors you, Lord. And God, that's such a tall order. For some of us, it feels like it's an insurmountable mountain. But God, we are going to trust you today. We're going to give our very lives to you today. We're going to give our marriages. We are, re, we are re-promising ourselves and our marriages to you. That we are making a covenant with you, Lord. That we will do everything in, in your power through us to do what it is that you've called us to do, God. So will you speak to each one of us and tell us what it is, God, that will make our men feel loved in the coming days. God, we thank you for opening our eyes. We thank you that you resurrect dead things. We thank you that you give us second chances and third and 50 and 100 chances, God, to make you look good in our lives. And God, may everything we do, every motive, every piece of how we love our men, it's only so that we make you look good. And we point others back to you. It's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. All right. uh, We're going to start here in just a few minutes. So if you need a break, you know the bathrooms are just right out here. So thanks, ladies.